Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is this the real life or is this just a fictional reality? Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Fictional Reality. I am here, James Elliott, your host, to guide you into another episode this week. So uh, this week I spoke with a really good friend of mine, uh, two really good friends of mine, uh, Jack Ford Morgan and Callan Davis. Jack was on the podcast in the very first episode talking to us with Zane. He's the designer of Half Monster Games, the game designer there, and uh, and Callan is, is his business partner. And we just sat down in a coffee shop and uh, we were having some fun and decided to record an episode there. But we ended up going, as we usually do when we talk about sort of the uh, larger meta theory around game design, went into a nice discussion about wish fulfillment and how games operate as a mechanic to fulfill people's fantasy wishes, uh, especially in regards to identity. And maybe that can be a good launching point for creating a game, is to fulfill a wish for someone. So uh, I found it pretty fun and interesting conversation. I hope you do too. And uh, catch you at the end. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fictional Reality. This week we have uh, my esteemed colleagues, uh, fellow scholars, time travelers, and uh, rambunctious individuals, Callum Davis and Jack Ford Morgan. Hi, I just arrived Yo. from uh, ancient Greece. I just arrived from the future. Oh, wow. Yeah, was it the ancient Greek future? It was, actually. It's oh, after cool. we've all reverted back to ancient Greek. Oh, oh yeah. okay, yeah. Because, um, dear listeners, time is infinite, it travels in cycles, and everything has already happened. Ooh. And will happen again. So what was ancient Greece like? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, some guy with glasses and a guy in a red jumper um, came along, and we recorded a podcast on a clay tablet. <laughs> uh, Next to this here sundial. Yeah, it was called the um, Rosetta Stone or something. I don't know, something like that. Oh, we, yeah. we, we just left it in the desert. We were like, whatever. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of work, but then it just looked like yeah, shit at the end. I, I got a tan. Well, you got angry and broke it. I did, yeah. Yeah, it's just a whole like, bunch of gibberish. Like there wasn't actually anything. Hey, excuse me, future guy. What were, we, what were you doing? Um, I was sitting down and sunning myself on the top of the the Neo Parthenon. Oh, <laughs> oh. is there even a sun in the future still? Yeah, you create it yourself. You get like a oh. little gun and you aim it into the sky. Oh my god! And you just create like a ball of fern- a furnace yeah. of um, exploding fury. Oh, is that what you're carrying? Is that what's in your in your holster? Yeah, no, there? it is. Yeah. Here. Oh, do you want to use it? Look at it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> pretty bright. It's about seven in the brightness, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I can't turn it off! <laughs> Wait, long, hold on, there's a button here for that. How long is that? I'm, I'm just gonna run away. I'm just gonna run away from this. Bye, guys. See you, Jack. Help. We'll see you in 8,000 years. <laughs> All right. Now I'm back. It's I, okay. I re-traveled through time, and now I'm back. Awesome. It was a dark four years. <laughs> You've come out of it. You look a little You didn't wonder why I now have, like, a gray beard? Mm, I, I thought that was a style that. choice. 
Yeah. yeah. I thought that was like just some talcum powder to give you the salt and pepper. Hey. Okay, it's real. Look, maybe both. He's trying to be a grey fox. <laughs> Talc is the you? only food in the future. <laughs> <laughs> in four years' time. <laughs> That's good, because I'm addicted to the stuff. Yeah, oh shit. Um, it's you, James. <laughs> it's you, James. And your talc empire. Alrighty, so that's our fun little uh, prologue for the episode. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, is this a fictional episode or a reality episode? It's oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. It's the first one where we're blurring the lines. Will I release it on Tuesday or Friday? I don't know yet. I know, but fine. Oh. <laughs> we know. We've been to the future. Tell me. Come on, James. There's some places I refuse to go. <laughs> um, so, uh, welcome. Thanks for... We're just in a coffee shop at the moment, so if the audio is a bit terrible, uh, please forgive us. But if you have listened to any other episodes, then you've already forgiven me, so thank you. Uh, now, we actually have just come from a meeting with uh, Goma, the Gallery of Modern Art, and we're going to play a game there. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Because that's um, a fictional reality. Yeah, uh, so from the future that I've come where we're millionaires because of it, um, <laughs> the basic premise uh, is that uh, it's an art heist where uh, half the players um, are secretly art thieves who need to go in and steal the art um, by sketching it, and the other half are detectives who have to try and like observe who is stealing art, take a few notes on them, and then arrest them. And if you get arrested, or if the thieves are sort of like a bit stronger than you or whatever, then um, yeah, you switch teams. And so you can do both of them. And, um, both a thief and a detective. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. It's a bit of a collaboration between Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society and Half Monster Games. Yes, and it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Goma, we're pretty happy to be on board. If you're interested in checking this out and you're in Brisbane, um, I'll put a link in the show notes there so you can buy some tickets. Um, where if it goes well, we'll yeah, probably expand the right. experience. We'll also throw in a set of steak knives. Yeah, <laughs> a set of steak knives. Yeah, tickets, that's right. Tickets are selling fast, so yeah. definitely get involved um, yeah. if you're keen. Um, but I am very interested in this idea like that we'll be creating this sort of... I guess it's a gamified world, um, but it's also a world... I don't know. How does this fit yeah. into fictional reality? Alternate yeah, well, what reality, was the theme alternate. of the, that you wanted to discuss on this reality episode? I just hit record, Jack. I'm just going <laughs> right, with well, the well, if this is a reality episode, maybe we could talk a bit about, like... I mean, the various dimensions of it are, like, how do you do public random engagement in a space? You can do, mm, like, what's that's a mega good. game. We could talk about, like, But also, like, how do, you immerse, how do you immerse people who are not already involved in a game yeah. into a world? <laughs> so how do yeah. you convince someone that they're a detective or a thief? Yeah, we should um, talk about that. Like, I, yeah. I usually just use hats, so... Hats, props are good. <laughs> props just, are great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people love props as well. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to have pins... The yeah, pin is... I think the pin yeah. is the portal. The pin is the portal into Ooh, the portal. There's some way that portal says, pins. I am part of this. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's an interesting, like, social element there uh, where you have the pin and you're a part of a group and then all of a sudden there's, like, there's some liberation there. It's like... I've, I did a silent disco once and felt that. Like, as yeah. soon as I put the headphones on, but I was with other people, I was, like, free. I felt so free just to be so silly. It's like a herd mentality almost that you can just give into they talk about this thing called the magic circle and it's sort of this idea that like everyone accepts that the rules of the game supersede the current rules of reality and we're all we're all going to we're all we're all outside of our current sphere of reality and involved in this alternate 
alternate reality that in which fictional. I'm a detective, a fictional reality, uh, in which I'm a detective and James an art thief, and I can capture him and he can steal art. Mm. Yeah. What I like doing with the labs and stuff that I design is like giving people a few little like rules for interacting that are a bit different to everyday life. Yeah. And I think that that really helps immerse you in another world because it's like, oh, I can do stuff even imaginarily that I normally couldn't do. So like steal art, even though you're drawing it, like that's that's cool. And it's something that and also like character archetypes that people are already yeah. familiar with and can yes. quite easily slip into. It kinda of, it kinda of draws on on like what we're now sort of realizing as meme culture, I think, in this idea that we share an understanding about what a character is. Like we know, we all know what a uh, what a thief is. We all know mm. what a detective is supposed to be like. Or well, we we have an understanding about what it's supposed to be like. Mm. So when you yeah. say to someone you're a thief, they kind of already start changing their body language and their speech yeah. patterns yeah. and. You know. Also known as Jungian archetypes. Yeah. Like these, ah, these, these things help us tap into those parts of ourselves that we have to repress yeah. to be functioning polite members of society. Yeah. I've seen this in, in theatre stuff, um, theatre workshops, where people, they know these tropes, they suppress all of these mm. different things. And when you give them permission, uh, this is this is an extreme sort of side of it but when you give permission for people to tap into these darker sides of themselves they even surprise themselves and they yeah. they're like oh this is so much fun yeah. i didn't realize um and yeah. our, i think our game is going to effectively do that we, we don't often get to be detectives or thieves but here is a chance yeah. to play with those sides and of i like the element that you're actually going to be doing what they would do like the thieves you're gonna have to try and be kind of sneaky about it yeah and yeah. then as detectives you're gonna have to be like observing people like with your coffee and your donut just being like I'm not <laughs> the mechanics um, reinforce the the fictional themes that we're trying to engender yes yeah actually that's um, the important yeah, thing I'm doing, a bit, I'm doing some work at QT where we're making games like science games and stuff like that and I found that's really important what you said Callan where the mechanics mimic what you like the theme yeah because there's a lot of science games where it's sort of like just Monopoly but you're going around the edge making discoveries or whatever and rolling dice which sounds cool but like is that sets and stats? no um, oh no 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 I'm saying those are games that I try and avoid making oh sorry right. yeah so like with sets and stats like that's all about satellites and using them to allocate resources better that was the core of the game mm. that I tried to do um, and uh, it, it makes it really fun because like the students that we ran it with were like oh yeah I see yeah you just satellite image stuff and then you send out your things and it's cheaper mm. that was our strategy to win and i was like that's so good you know it works um whereas yeah if you'd sort of done like an uno or something like with the theme of science or satellites like they become more familiar with the terms but not with how it actually works in real life and i think that's the key for immersion is that it's like you get to do the things that you imagine that that character would be doing yep. in real life to some extent. Your mechanics have to come from the theme of the thing. I've, the recently, I've yeah, recently encountered cool. this as well. I've been making a game about teaching kids the effects of caffeine on the body. Yeah. And initially I was just taking a mechanic that I designed for like a fighter thief wizard game and applying it to this. Mm. But I had to change the way that I'd set all of the encounters up to be something that would require caffeine. 
caffeine to like require the effects that caffeine gives in order to solve. So yeah. caffeine yeah. can help increase oxygen flow to the brain. So um, one of the encounters is just deciphering ancient runes, and that helps. Mm. Just it, it helps that little slip, that next step. Um, to yeah. encourage people because you have the different in. chemicals gave you like increased mental capacity increased physical capacity or increased concentration concentration and oh. so all the challenges that came up were like adventure stuff but require different combinations yeah. of those things so if you're like sneaking then you need to be concentrated but also quite like um physically engaged yeah. in doing that but you don't want to be too high heart rate right because then that would make you a bit too excited so yeah yeah. Which is really cool. It's a cool mechanic. I like it. Yeah. Is there a message in this game, I'm just curious, of like, you're not making a statement about caffeine, you're just saying there's effects on the brain and the body? Yeah, so it's yeah, definitely yeah. the base science of the game. So it's right. like, these are the three different metabolites that caffeine creates when in the body. Yeah. Each metabolite affects the body in a certain way, heart rate, mental capacity, athletic capacity. Yeah. And if you have too much caffeine, then then you get discomfort, so like jitters or anxiety. Um, and there's no statement whether or not it's good or bad, it's just this is what happens. Yeah, mm. and um, I guess like in terms of like a moral message that might be coming through mm. that wasn't necessarily intended is um, just moderation. Yeah, yeah. Because, right. yeah, like obviously the more caffeine you have, the more negative effects you get, and you actually can't win yes. if you have negative yeah. effects. So uh, it's, it's not... the whole gameplay loop is around staying at maximum caffeine level, <laughs> but not exceeding your caffeine because you die. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not maximum caffeine level, but maximum, like, Saying maximum helpful. Ca- adventuring yeah. capacity. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally won both games because that's how I live. Yeah. <laughs> I moderate my caffeine intake. Whereas I quickly. do not yeah. moderate my caffeine intake. So I had yeah. to keep not adventuring and just like waiting for my caffeine intake to go down until uh. I could do something. Hey guys, it's me, Jack. Oh, wait. Here's that guy that looks like me sitting with you. Get him! Oh my god, it's his brother. Get out of here! Get, get out of here! <laughs> wow, who was that guy? What? What a joke! He looks exactly he looked, like you. No, no, he was uh, he was much prettier. <laughs> hey, he had even more grey hair. Wait a second. Yeah, that's how compound it was. Oh, I had this idea for a story a while ago where the first scene is like a scientist trying to like switches on a time machine, and then so, and then he appears out of it yes. from the future and is like, no, duh! and then another him appears from behind that guy and shoots that guy and is like, you have to come with me, and then they disappear when another person appears and trying to like gun them down or whatever. That's sick. Yeah. Imagine that, just this flyaway loop of like, okay, I'm pretty sure this time machine's gonna work, click, and then it's just like, no! Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone going back to the first moment, but That's no one right. quite yeah. being quick enough. That's what we're trying to do with our time travel game. Actually, that little scene that I had in a dream oh. was like, just the idea of like, all these people can jump in and out of different times of history, and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's chaos. What the heck? It's absolute chaos. Yeah. Um, each other. Which I love that game, by the way. Yeah. I, think, I think what it is, is like, Often, often when James and Jack talk about the games that they're designing, they talk about the core experience, a moment, like a story beat almost, that they want the players to experience, and then base a mechanic around that. And that makes the games, even if it's like a mechanically like complete game, not necessarily a role-playing game, it's still immersive. So there's yeah. these worlds that I they can create. No, like, <laughs> you should write that on the Facebook page. <laughs> so there's these worlds that, that are created, and, and it's not 
they, they exist not because they were designed that way. Yeah. They exist because the the core story beat is mechanically developed to enable that um, that story oh, yeah. to develop. Yeah. I guess that is true. I've never really thought about that. That's really cool, Callum. Yeah. I think and what insight. That, yeah. That is that's what's exciting about when we talk about games as well as we talk yeah. about the experience and like the emotional reaction first and then reverse engineer. Well how can we get someone else to, yeah. to feel, feel this that. cool excitement? Exactly. Yeah. That's the core of all art essentially. Like how do I get someone to feel the same feeling that I have when I'm trying to make something happen like I, yeah. I, I want to draw this thing because I feel this way and how do I and like I hope that when someone looks at it they feel the same way or I want to do yeah. this play because it evokes a feeling that, that I feel when I when I wrote it you know and I want yeah. other people to feel that way I, Interesting. I once came up with a story for a treasure map uh, when I first started the what was Brisbane Explorers um, is now the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society when I first started I came up with a story and uh, admittedly I was uh, in my kitchen it was like 3am in the morning uh, I was pretty wired and it just all fit like a perfect sort of like puzzle and the final reveal was this little twist a little sad twist um, that answered the question of well why am I holding this map and not the person that it was written for and uh, I just remember I was like burst into tears oh yeah wasn't oh. it like a love letter that just never made it yeah it was a love letter <laughs> and so you solved the hunt that was written for someone else and then at the oh. end you find out that the mail never got delivered and wow. the person dies I mean, and that's why you were holding it and uh, when I had that experience I was like I need to somehow recreate that feeling that I just had for yeah, someone else. Like, interesting. And then everything was in service of that from the very beginning. Of like, yeah. how, how can I? I didn't do it very effectively. It's still a work in progress, and that's the, the trick: figuring out how to do that. But that yeah, core experience yeah. was there. So that's the thing that I think is really interesting about game design is is like, it's it's definitely this merging between design and art because you know there's certainly an emotional aspect to it that you want to realize, but there's definitely a a methodology in which you can make that that mm. aspect realized that that people are really good at some people are not so good at and there's there's learning to be done there yeah which is really exciting you get into the conversation about like how much of art is science and how much is just intuition and stuff like how do we reliably recreate the intended effect i guess it makes me think of the book have either of you read zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance no i read half of it and then i was like this is too zen for me <laughs> it gets when very, are they gonna do something it gets very dense very quickly fix your bike <laughs> i was very literal about it sorry <laughs> i thought it would be very sort of like and then the carburetor and the way to get but it's yeah not, and it's he's like, like the carburetor is my soul mm, it gets and dusty like, you gotta clear it out with, with i don't know <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like and then back in plato and you're like what i'm reading yeah. about all this philosophy love is fuel sorry <laughs> but sounds like some great quotes <laughs> the core message the, one of the core messages of the book is that you can't use a rule set or science to create art, but you can use yeah, them to yeah. um, reverse engineer why that art is effective. Yeah, that's and true. Yes. The university education system, so it's a commentary on educational institutions, are trying to teach people to create art by teaching them the rules and then telling yes. them to apply the rules, and what they're coming out with is shit. <laughs> so this professor, who was a real professor who did this in Chicago in the late 70s, um, he tried this radical new method 
of getting people to write about things they cared about and they they freaked out and the institution freaked out and he got sort of ostracized for it eventually because he went sort of crazy um but sounds like the, a good uh... the students were so scared to write without a rule set that they they would freezing themselves and his job became like no write about your thumb write about a brick on a wall um just start with something that you you like and then all of a sudden these these students were writing these quite good essays um and they didn't have any training in rhetoric but you could break the essay down via rhetoric rules and so he sort of challenged this idea that oh, all you need to know is how to make the art and then you can make it it's like no you just have that emotional experience and then look at well yeah why was this an emotional experience? What worked? What didn't? That's what science. Comes so, do you believe yeah. that everyone has the spark of true creativity in them, the ability to create like this this beautiful thing, whether it's games or art or, or something like that? Mm-hmm. And and like to bring it back in terms of immersion, if you believe that everyone has the capacity to play a character, play a role, they understand the tropes, they understand the. Uh, the 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 story then a game mechanic designed to immerse someone can help release that is that the is that the aim of these sort of games i think um, that's a good question what do you think jack yeah is it to help them realize it it's a really good question actually um i guess like the point that i do with these games is i think it's just Sorry, yeah. I always speak way too quietly. I don't <laughs> know, thinking. Th- you guys talk, because I'll think about that a little bit more. Like, what's the I, point? Because <laughs> I, I have an answer yeah. to your question. Um, I think that the way we structure our realities, like fundamentally, the way we as humans structure our identity and our realities is through story. Like, But we structure our reality first. And that follows a certain pattern, and the pattern is effective at helping keep us alive. And it just so happens that pattern is the narrative arc. So when we see that in the world, this is why we love stories, because stories replicate the way that we structure our own reality. In a slight analogy, I had someone who was like, I couldn't do a podcast, I don't know how to tell a story. And it's like, man, we've just been sitting here for 45 minutes having a conversation. And in that conversation, we've gone through the narrative arc and you can reverse engineer this improvised conversation and say here was the beginning and the setup here is your character who needed to change here is the incident that changed you and here is your changed character narrative arc perfect perfect um what's it yeah. called joseph whatever who did that yeah the hero's journey the hero's journey yeah. yep so uh, yeah so the way we fundamentally interact with reality comes first, and all of everything else that we create is a reflection of that process. Yeah. I sort of think that, like, with immersive games, especially stand-up ones, and even, like, immersive theatre and stuff like that, it's about um, letting people express the parts of themselves that they feel they can't share generally, mm. or that they feel doesn't rub well with society generally right because as soon as you regardless of the theme regardless of the mechanics people generally start portraying one of a small set of like characters that they end up playing in everything yeah so like oh, um, interesting yeah so I, I always end up playing like like well like given an option in a video game like like a female character or something like that right um and in uh 
LARP games where, like, you know, I've got my own body and stuff, I sort of just go this, like, crazy scientist person. That's what I want to be, but just in general. But, you know, it's hard to be that in real life. And, um, yeah, so I think that's... Even if it's cowboys, like, you see it all the time. Like, even if... It doesn't matter what they're given. You end up doing this self-fulfillment thing. Mm. Of portraying who you would really want to be, maybe it's like you circle in on yeah. this part of yourself. That's right. Genuine role players who play a totally different character from themselves, I think, are actually quite rare. And it's much harder to do than just coming in and accentuating a certain part of yourself that mm. you normally feel like you can't portray. So, like people that are socially awkward sometimes play really socially awkward characters because it's like a release. It's like, oh, this is actually a strength. There's a magic circle in this here. context. There's rules yeah. that allow me to be socially awkward but yeah. still effective and yeah, still, that's right. yeah. and still r- reach the end of the story yeah and there are some people who feel like that they're not as attractive as they'd like to be in a certain way so they'll play really attractive characters and that's it, not, not always <laughs> but I always play the rogue chaotically neutral anti-hero there you go I think if you, if you really look at roleplay <laughs> people who play a variety of different games you'll see that that they play pretty much the same thing every time and it's something that they want to be that's my step okay I have a question for you Jack sorry sorry go ahead ahead. who is Giuseppe inside of you (laughs) Giuseppe is uh, just uh, the guy oh wait wrong accent hey Giuseppe is just a me when I want to be a little bit unkind to Italian people (laughs) I feel I never know if that accent's okay but anyway it's hard to know because they're mostly white it's I think I think yeah. it's I think it's not but yeah. you can do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Han? Because you have a pretty strong character that comes out in a lot of different roles. Like every single one of my characters is stark. <laughs> Barbarian, I charge and oh, I win. Really? I, yeah, can like, you describe that that's character? That's okay. So yeah. I have I have this character that I play pretty much every role playing game I get the chance. Um, and he's a fighter that wants to save people and fight and he doesn't yeah. do a lot of stopping and wondering about stuff because I think the grand questions of the world like who are we what's our identity why are we here are essentially irrelevant um, and I'd like to be <laughs> yeah. able this to this is your character this is my in reality like I, I they're yeah, essentially yeah. irrelevant because you know I'm I'm going to live 70 years of a 1 billion year universe yeah. it's not really relevant so yeah. like <laughs> But, but like you can't live your life like that so, you, yeah. so I, I like I like <laughs> they're relevant my <laughs> philosophy degree is important yeah, relevant right. to me alright roguish anti-hero alright just you know um, yeah because Helen I think like it's like that's how you would love to solve life's problems I wish and that's how you I deal wish. with the ennui and like oppressive ambiguity of the universe <laughs> is yeah. by just being like I'm just gonna <laughs> just how? Yeah, blinders, focus. man. Yeah. Don't stare into the blue. What's your anti-hero thing, James? Like, what what problem of the world are you, you solving? Like, you if you do that, if you put character. on the blinders, you can't yeah. you can't find happiness in life. I mean, you, you can't reach the end of the story. Let's say right. you can't reach the end of the story if you put on blinders. So so as much as I'd like to just be able to put on blinders, I can't. You know. Right. So in role play, you just put them on. You're like, this is great. Which is yeah, when I play a game. I can do that and still yeah. oh, do it. Interesting. A little bit of an escape from the old existential dread there. <laughs> yeah, that nothing right. matters, truly. It's actually yeah. deeply philosophical. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> deeply philosophical. It's you making a comment on the, like, yeah. the nature of the, the nature. universe. Well, yeah. Escapism. Yeah, yeah. That's all stories. Um, what's my rogue anti-hero? It's like Aragorn in the pub of Lord of the Rings. Uh, you want to be that mysterious person with hidden power. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and secrets. Um, and that, it's, you know, chaotically neutral as well, so that I could do something, you know, I just sort of follow my own strand. Yeah. And that, because I really like the... I like the surprise death or the surprise turnaround. Yeah. I enjoy playing well, the character. Guess what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love doing. I love giving that experience to players, like in one shot western, of just having a conversation and then all of a sudden pulling out my gun. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't. I am afraid to be that person in real life, for sure. Um, uh, pulling Probably out my gun. Ele- quite illegal to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and so, I don't have a gun. Oh, would you like to exist in this like? time or world or something where like that's a thing that can happen piracy and that can be you <laughs> like or something in, in, yeah. in a game do you mean like or? what wish fulfillment are you doing now you're telling me you want to be I a think pirate sp- like <laughs> ultimate autonomy okay yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so i'm just i i don't want to change the world but i maybe it's like a oh, free of judgment yeah, you so, want the strength to be able to make uh, yeah, your own yeah, yeah. path in the in the world. Yeah, and sounds like you don't. Yeah, you don't want to care about being judged. So maybe that's the cool thing about yourself is that the mm. world is judgmental and you hate that and you would like to get some reprieve from it. Yeah, and it, it's you know I, my inner world is judgmental, so maybe no one is judging me, but I'm judging yeah. me through the eyes of others. Yeah, because. Uh, and that keeps me um, following systems and rules. Because when you play a rogue in in a role-playing game, like someone who's dark and mysterious, there's no judgment there on your action. Even if you even if you betray someone, it's yeah. still within the rules or the or the. That's like oh, that sneaky rogue is yeah, stealing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm trying to create that identity for myself, but it's fucking hard. I think you absolutely are. James. Yeah. But then you get into some weird amoral territory where it's like, well, moral are the same thing and we have different ones and people and then yeah. you start to come across this not that I've experienced too much of this yet but people genuinely can be like yeah. wait should I unfriend you now because we have different belief systems it's like no morals re- yeah. relative oh I'm like oh okay I'm just gonna, no I'm a good boy yeah. I'm good don't worry so I think true immersion comes out of being able to express that is to wish fulfill and stuff like that so systems and theatre and stuff that do that and a lot of time we do that by relating to a character because mm. we pick media that we're like oh yeah this is what I'd like to be so I'm going to idolize this mm. um, and yeah in terms of interactive media then yeah like the more immersive stuff I would say allows like we've you to... gone really deep on this but things like the Goma heist are just they're, they're small they're small opportunity mm. for you to for you to come and yeah. And experience a world that you wouldn't, a fictional reality that you would yeah. not have been able to. I would in the say past. it allows you to come and be a person that you can't yeah. be in the real life. Yeah, that's probably the strength. And of it's it. a, that's that's attached to the, the the other words in the thing, heist and goma. Um, that I think that can probably be a good guess as to why it just took off like it did. Yeah. Um, people have identified. And maybe this would be a good thing to test and experiment in ongoing things if we offer wish fulfillment yeah. subtly, you know. Uh, yeah, and also I think the theme of the game. which people choose, whether they initially want to start as a thief or start as a detective, would really mm. clue you into who they want to be in real life. Like, mm. do they want to be serious and spooky, or do they want to live in a world with grey morals, or do they want to be like about justice and catching people and making things right? I think, yeah, mm. it'll actually be, I hope it isn't like too intense on a day, because we could get some pretty zealous detectives. Well, we'll have Who to facilitate us there. 
But and before we wrap up, you know, yeah. that makes me think of I would love to try put a call out there to see just very simple question, you know, um, what is what is your wish? You know, something nice mm. and vague. Get a whole bunch of answers. See if see what comes up out of yeah. it, and then design a game from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That you could like match characters that. to those to those to specifics as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We can also like pay you up with like what you need. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the core core like hope for game designers. I think <laughs> you know is giving someone an opportunity to fulfill the wish that they have. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So designing a game around wish fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, that could be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I'm down. look, yeah. thanks, guys. Thanks for impromptu. Yeah. Most of my episodes have come out of just like, hey, you want to go, go on a podcast? And people are like, cool. So I appreciate you for being... Uh, I like it. I nice it's disturbing you've been so. naked the whole time, but like, whatever. Like... <laughs> it's all right. I didn't get an erection, so... Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I which did, I'm really so. proud of. <laughs> I know. I'm you're wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. So um, thanks, just uh, give a little spruik. Um, to the Half Monster again if you like okay. uh, let people know where you, they can find you yeah guys we're Half Monster Games you can find us on Facebook on our website just google Half Monster Games we're a Brisbane based indie board game development company we've won game of the year last year and we're doing a bunch of events around Brisbane and yeah. the rest of Australia so check out our games we've got a few coming out this year cool and uh, um, as always James Elliott from the Brisbane Treasure yeah. Society so. thanks for listening and guys if you have a wish um, head over to the Facebook or Instagram Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society and let us know what it is. We'd love to hear it. Thanks, James. Thanks, guys. And that wraps up this week's episode of Fictional Reality. I hope you had a good time listening to that and gleaned some insights. Uh, I know I certainly did having that conversation. And I'm very much interested now in the idea of fulfilling people's wishes and also what mine are. I don't really know, so I guess I'll have post an Instagram story about that. Uh, feel free to answer the question of what wish for, would you like fulfilled, and uh, what identity do you like to play when you play games? What is your sort of avatar that you really enjoy getting into? Guilty pleasure, even. So, yeah, that was uh, Jack and Callan. I'm James Elliott, coming to you from the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society. Uh, stay tuned got some really cool exciting stuff um coming up actually this could be a good place to tell you about what i actually do in the society so why the hell not um currently i have a treasure map uh that i'm making for newstead house they're having a day in the little historian's life or something little historian's day or something and uh it's an old colonial era house that's on this hill in newstead park it's very beautiful very very heritage uh it's sort of like a living museum and I got commissioned to make a treasure hunt there with Folly Games to sort of take the kids around on a little adventure. So they have to find these flowers and decipher the messages and the flowers. Should be pretty fun. Got that coming up. Uh, making a treasure hunt for Peter Rabbit. Some children's theatre that's going to happen in the um, end of year school holidays. But we're running a beta test of that next, next week on the 3rd. Uh, so that should be fun. It'll be a fun little puzzle of find the hidden objects and each one will have a number or a letter figure out what they all spell and say and bada bing bada boom you'll find a box hidden in the ground and inside will be a token of some sort so yeah for the brisbane treasure hunt society we make treasure maps and treasure hunt adventures for people to go on uh it's starting to kick off which is nice or i just seem to be quite busy doing stuff so that's very fun 
And if you'd like to know more, head over to brisbaneexplorers.com or follow me on Instagram, actually. That's probably the best Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society um, to stay up to date with everything I'm doing. And that's where the stories will be, where you can answer the question about what wish would you like to be fulfilled. So if you're still listening, thank you very much. I appreciate your attention. Um, It's a fickle resource these days. So cheers for listening and uh, catch you next time.